Amen. What a great song and well done and it is through the blood. We're not worthy. Oh, but thank God for his love and mercy. What a great, great song. Open your Bibles again to 2 Chronicles chapter 32. Uh, verse number 31 is our text verse. Uh, 2 Chronicles 32, verse number 31, the Bible says, How be it in the business of the ambassadors of the princes of Babylon. Now what that means is they had heard of a miracle that had happened for Hezekiah and they came to see if that miracle was true, that he had been healed. I'll say more about it in the message. How be it in the ambassadors of Babylon who sent unto him to inquire of the wonder that was done in the land. Notice this phrase, God left him to try him that he might know all that was in his heart. I want to preach this morning one of life's most difficult trials, one of life's most difficult trials. Heavenly Father, thank you for our time together this morning. What a blessing it is to come together and fellowship around your word. And we're here today because we love you and we worship you and we love your word and we want to learn more about you. Thank you for every faithful member here and thank you for every visitor we're so glad that they're here this morning and may you be magnified and the center of, of, of attention uh, in all that we do. Bless the preaching of your word. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hezekiah was one of my favorite people and kings in the Old Testament. Hezekiah is one of my favorite. Now, Hezekiah was a just a, a tremendous, well-rounded man in many ways. He was a man of wisdom. Uh, Hezekiah was a man of not just wisdom, of unusual wisdom. He was actually an inventor, and uh, he was an inventor of uh, weapons. Uh, and he invented a weapon that uh, would throw rocks. And uh, I, I threw rocks when I was a boy. He had a machine uh, that would throw rocks from the tops of the uh, walls around the cities that would protect uh, the people, and it was an interesting thing to study about the inventions uh, of the life of Hezekiah, an inventor in many ways. He was a man of prayer. He probably received uh, one of the greatest answers to prayers of any king in the Bible, as uh, by the time he is the king of Israel, he's the king of Judah. That's all that's left because the nation has been divided uh, because of their sin, and just Judah is left, and Sennacherib of the Assyrians is coming to destroy Judah. And they've destroyed every nation in their path. No army could even slow them, let alone stop them. They had more than 250,000 foot soldiers. Can you imagine that crowd coming and descending on the city of Judah? Hezekiah prayed and he said, Lord, we're the only thing left of the nation of Israel. And Lord, I ask that you stop uh, the Assyrians uh, and Sennacherib, and he did. It's a miraculous story. It's an amazing story. It, one, it is one uh, that greatly increases our faith in the matter of prayer, especially uh, when you are outnumbered and all you can do is trust in God. That's not a bad place to be, and, uh, but God answered his prayer. He was certainly a man of success. We read the stories of all that God had blessed him with. In fact, one of the phrases at the end of verse 29 is very important to see when you see that he had gold and silver and jewels and actually had to build houses to put it all in because he was so blessed. The Bible says at the end of verse 29, for God had given him substance very much. And so he is a man of great success prosperity and blessings. He was also a man of trials. He faced opposition. 
He faced difficulties in his life. And every time he faced a trial, he went to God in prayer. And God helped him, as I mentioned, about the battle of Sennacherib and the Assyrians. And God had said, I'm going to judge the nation. I'm going to judge Judah because of their sin. And he told him, I'm going to wait till the next generation just because of your righteousness and because of your faith and because of your prayer. So every time he faced a trial, he went to God in prayer. Uh, it came the day that Isaiah the prophet, now of all people to come and see you, Isaiah, when he would come to see you, you'd want to make sure it was good news. But when he came to see Hezekiah, it was not. It was bad news. And he told him, he said, Hezekiah, get your house in order uh, because the sickness that you have is fatal and you're going to die. The Bible tells us in that trial, Hezekiah turned his face toward the wall. He began to weep and mourn and ask God, would you please extend my life? God heard that prayer and God gave him 15 years more uh, in his life to live because of that prayer. But he faced the greatest trial of his life and in the greatest trial of his life, he failed. And it was a trial when God left him alone. Now what does that mean, God left him? God left him. Did it mean that he lost his salvation? Not at all. Uh, did it mean that God didn't love him? It, no, it doesn't mean that at all. It would be like uh, someone, uh, maybe husband and wife, and one is busy or preoccupied, and the other keeps asking questions, and I won't say which one it is, and uh, they keep asking questions, and, and they, then they realize, oh, you're busy, I'll leave you alone, let you get your work done. That's what the Bible says about, about God and Hezekiah. He didn't leave him or depart from him and take from him the Holy Spirit and salvation. He just left him alone. And he left him alone with his blessings. He left him alone with his prosperity. He left him alone with the goodness of God. Now, you don't want to miss this truth of this message this morning. And when he left him alone, the Bible says, and you read the story in 2 Kings, I believe it's chapter 20, uh, that the king of Babylon heard that God had answered his prayer and had extended his life specifically 15 years more. Isaiah told him, God heard your prayer, you have 15 more years to live. And so they came to see if it was true. They came to see if what they heard was true. Take your Bibles and go to 2 Chronicles. It's the book before 1 Chronicles. Uh, 2 Chronicles uh, chapter, I'm sorry, 2 Kings uh, chapter 20. And I want you to notice what happened. They heard of this miracle. Any king that would hear of another king that was sick unto death or died, of course they would go to see them. And here is a man, a king that is healed because of his prayers. He wants to go find out if this is really true. 2 Kings chapter 20, uh, go to verse number 13, if you will. And Hezekiah hearkened unto them and showed them all the house of his precious things the silver and the gold and the spices and the precious ointment and all the house of his armor and all that was found in his treasures. There was nothing in his house nor in all the dominion that Hezekiah showed them not. Now, who's he talking about? He's talking about those ambassadors of Babylon that was in our text in 2 Chronicles 27. He showed them everything. Verse 14, then came Isaiah the prophet unto the king Hezekiah and said unto him, what said these men? And from whence came they unto thee? And Hezekiah said, They are come from a far country, even from Babylon. And he said, What have they seen in thine house? And Hezekiah answered, All things that are in mine house have they seen. There is nothing among my treasures that I have not showed them. And Isaiah said unto Hezekiah, 
hear the word of the Lord. Now I'm going to stop reading right there. Hezekiah showed them everything in his house except one thing. The God that gave him those things. He said, I want you to look at my silver. Oh, let me show you where my gold is. Let me show you this invention. Now, why did they come? They had heard that God had heard his prayer and had healed him. But when they showed up, Hezekiah did not say one word about God. He did not say one thing about God answering his prayer and extending his life. He said, oh, while you're here, let me show you these weapons that I've invented. Let me show you this house right here. It's completely full of silver. And that one over there, it's completely filled with jewels. Now, everything that he had, God gave it to him. But the most difficult trial of his life was when God left him alone. And he said, I'm going to leave you with all your wealth. I'm going to leave you with all your things. I'm not going to bother you with a sickness while you're with them. I'm not going to bother you with the trial of death. I'm not going to bother you with a messenger that says Sennacherib is forming his army and they're going to come to you. You see, in times of trials, you and I always pray. You, you, you don't find ACLU, uh, ACLU lawyers in the waiting rooms at the hospitals. Because you pray when you're in trouble. We all pray when we're in trouble. But here God left him alone with all that he had. And not one time did he think about God. And today there are problems with marriages. There are problems with churches. There are problems with men and their businesses. There are problems among people because God has so blessed them. But they get caught up in the pride of what they have and they forget the one that gave them what they had. And I want to preach to you today one of life's most difficult trials is when God leaves us alone to see if we'll give him the honor and glory when everything is well. You see, Hezekiah passed the test of adversity. Hoping in God alone when he was outmanned more than 20 to 1 by Sennacherib. He passed the test of adversity when terminal illness came. And he said, oh God, please help me. God heard his prayer and gave him 15 more years. He passed the test of adversity when there was difficulty in his family. But when the test of prosperity came and all he had was his blessings around him, he forgot the giver of those blessings. And when he did, and God left him alone to see what he would do, you'll find Isaiah tells him in 2 Kings chapter 20, because of this, you're going to lose your children and your children are going to serve the heathen. They're going to serve the gods of the heathen. Your children are going to become slaves. He said they're going to become eunuchs. They're going to become just slaves when they could be, when they could be descendants of royalty. They're going to be the children of destruction because a father so blessed of God in his time of prosperity, just a few months past his trial, he failed the test of prosperity. Now I want to tell you something in our homes more than anything on our need list 
more than your automobiles and more than the house you live in, more than the brick on the outside, more than anything that you have in your marriage and in your home, the thing you need most is God in the center of your home and God in the center of your marriage. And I preach today to remind us in the time of prosperity, don't forget that we still need God. God said, I'm not going to give you any reminders today that you need me. I'm not going to give you any pain that would cause you to think maybe you're sick and you need to pray. I'm not going to give you any distress among your family that would remind you of how you need me. I'm just going to leave you in peace. I'm going to leave you in prosperity. I'm going to leave you in all these things that you did not have, but I gave you. And Isaiah failed. What a tragic mistake. He goes on his merry way. And I want you to listen to this statement. When we do not miss the presence of God in our life, we are headed for trouble. God found Hezekiah's heart was like every other heart. All of our hearts are deceitfully wicked. Look at me. Every single heart is a proud heart. It is filled with pride, it is filled with self and a desire to give more for self. But life's darkest hour is the hour that we have all of the blessings and the things of God, but we do not think of the presence of God. I wonder if Hezekiah, in showing those ambassadors of Babylon, I wonder if he went in to show them the weapons, if some of the weapons were missing, if he would have noticed that. I wonder if he went into the house of gold and found that a fourth of his gold had been taken. I wonder, would he have missed his gold? I wonder when he took them to the treasure house of the jewels, if someone had taken the jewels, if, if he would have missed that. I wonder if he would have missed the silver. Those things were all there. But one thing missing that he didn't recognize, God's presence was not with him. You understand God often has to give us reminders that we need him. Some of us never think of God unless we're sick. Some of us never think of God unless somebody in our family needs someone to pray for them. Now as a pastor, uh, my, my life, in, and I love this, and I'm, I'm not complaining in any way, I love this. My life is filled with prayer requests. I get prayer requests and I, I average about 300 prayer requests a week. I spend hours in prayer. I enjoy doing that. I love doing that. It's a part of what God's called me to do. So many of you that are members of our church and some of you that are not members but you've been visiting our church a long time. I know what your needs are because of talking to you and I pray for you. I spend time in prayer and I'm reminded all of the time and I, I hear the hurt. I got a call yesterday, two young men, friends, drinking, got an argument, one shot and killed the other. And, and, and a fellow called me and he said, please pray for this family. I, I, I live there. I, I, I got a text message, pray for Myra. 
uh, her and Rob had gone to the hospital and, and there was some possible complications and they were inducing her early to make sure everything would be fine. I spent time in prayer for the little baby, Lily, and I, I enjoyed doing that. I get reminders all the time, but if you don't get reminders of the need to pray and God's blessed your life, and I'm not preaching against blessings. He's a mighty good God. You can tell uh, that God is a good God. He's blessed us and He has given us everything that we have. God gave it to us. But this morning, I want to tell you, let's not forget God in the good times. Let's not forget God when the sun is shining and it's 70 degrees. Let's not forget God when the bills are paid and the tank is filled with gas. Let's not forget God in our blessings. Let's not forget God in His goodness. I think of the little story. It's a simple little story. The little boy says, Daddy, let me drive. Now, when I was a boy, uh, we grew up without seat belts. They didn't have seat belts in the back of the truck when I grew up. And that's where I liked to ride. We went town and back in the back of the truck. Uh, anyway, uh, I, I would say, Daddy, let me drive. I, any fellow that's raised boys has heard that little three or four or five-year-old boy, Daddy, let me drive. Daddy, let me drive. You get that little boy up there and he's sitting in your lap. He's got his hands on the steering wheel. First thing he does, you put your hands on the steering wheel. First thing he does, he pushes your hands off the steering wheel. Let me drive by myself. He's got that big proud look on his face. Sometimes dad will let that car hit a bump or, or, or steer it off the road a little bit and, and in control just to scare that little fella to realize, hey, it's not all fun. You have to pay attention when you drive. I mean, in, in a video game, you might wreck and get a new life, but you don't get a new life if you really wreck. Sometimes God has to let, a, let us hit a speed bump to remind us, oh, God, I need you, I need you. But sometimes when it's on cruise control and we're at 65 or 85, wherever you drive, and, uh, and, 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 and it's on cruise control and the sun's shining and the snacks and, and that you're just having good times, sometimes we don't think about God. I'm preaching this morning. You know we need him in funerals. You know we need him in death. You know we need him in sickness. You know we need him in trials. You know we need him in times of difficulty. Oh, but dear friend, we also need him in times when all is well and God as blessed in his goodness you see God wants me to want him God wants me to know I need him God wants me to hunger for his presence I need him more than I need his blessings I need him I need his wisdom but I need him I need his goodness but I need him I do not want my heart revealed I know what my heart is I know it's a proud heart all of us have the same heart. I want to depend on him. I want, I want to give you this thought. I want you to think with me. Hezekiah was proud of what he had. God had given it to him. Let me ask a question. Hezekiah, is that all God wanted you to have or did he have more? Listen to me. Hezekiah, I don't think you ought to stop and count right now and forget God. God's still in a blessing mood. You ought to keep trusting in Him. Folks have asked me already, and, and, and a little while it bothered me. It doesn't bother me now. Folks have asked me, when are we going to build the next building? I said, let me get the carpet laid and the, and the furniture in this one first. When are we going to build the next building? When are we going to build the next building? You know what I want? I want what He wants. 
I, I, I know who we are. I know what we are. I know what we deserve. Friend, if we got what we deserve, we'd spend an eternity in hell. Oh, but listen to me. By God's grace, he saved us. He brought us up out of the miry clay. He set our feet on a, on a rock. He established our goings. He put a song in our mouth, even praise to God. He's a good God. Oh, but listen, don't stop and be filled with pride for the things God's given. He may want to do more. Conversation with preachers I have often goes like this. Brother Fugit, have you ever gone through times it seems that the Lord is blessing but his presence is not felt or is not evident like it's been before? And I answer the question, oh yes. I've experienced that and I do experience that. Brother Fugit, what do you do? I do the same thing I do when there's a great trial when there's a great affliction, I find my place in the woods or someplace out by myself and I spend time with God and I say, oh God, I need you. Oh, don't leave me. I don't want you to leave me alone. And God sometimes wants to know if we want him or just his blessings. I don't know about you, it bothers me to see a spoiled child that doesn't appreciate their parents but just wants from parents. I mean, there have been times in grocery store I want to take my belt out and show them how it's done. And, 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 they, and, and I've never done that. Well, he looked at me and said, yes, you have, but you're mine. <laughs> He's not somebody else's. I thought I was going to jail one time. Joel, I just thought of this. My wife's brother was graduating from the State Police Academy. I believe it was her brother. The, the police officers in our family, and we were at the Capitol building. No, it might have been my brother graduating from State Police Academy. Nevertheless, it was a graduation of State Police Academy, and they were in the rotunda, and they were swearing in the new officers. I mean, it's full of law enforcement. He wouldn't behave. <laughs> so I took him down the hallway, and if you ever smack somebody on the backside in marble floors and halls, <laughs> It sounded like I shot a gun. I thought, my goodness, I'm in trouble. He looked at me like, you better not do that here. <laughs> but you ever seen children that are, that are disobedient to their parents and you think, you ought to be thankful for your parents. You, you, you shouldn't demand of your parents, oh, but listen to me, you and I ought to be thankful to God. We ought to be thankful for his goodness. I've walked this property 10,000 times. I've lived so much of my life walking in, in this property in the last five years. And I've said to God, even this week, and as I prepared this message, I said, oh God, I don't want to ever come to the place that I look at the blessing and I forget the blesser. I don't want to ever come to the place that I rejoice in the goodness of God. I'm so excited for everybody to get in and see the building and the blessings of it. And, and as I've taken different folks through at different stages of time and just to show the goodness of God, I never want to forget the God of the goodness. And I'm preaching to us this morning. Don't fail the greatest trial of life. If you built your marriage by faith in God, then you can't continue your marriage without that same faith in God. It'd be better if you got rid of everything you had and just had one another faith in God. I'm preaching to you this morning. That's what I came to do. 
This happened often to the children of Israel. God would lead them and he would, uh, he would t- uh, check and see what was in their heart. Deuteronomy chapter 3, he would see how their heart was. The psalmist knew what it was like to be in the presence of the Lord. He knew what it was like when God had left him to try his heart. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 that we can't please God without faith in God. And faith in God is trusting God in the rearing of our children, in the building of a business in the work God's given you to do you can't do it without faith in God and without faith in God you can't please him is this what happened to Solomon he forgot that he needed God is this what happened to King Saul he forgot that he needed God is this what happened to the nation of Israel They forgot they needed God. Is this what happened to the good men in the Bible that went bad and a bad testimony spoiled their life's testimony? They forgot that they needed God. I want to say this morning, we need God. We know we need him in the valley, uh, but we need him as much on the mountain as we do in the valley. Take your Bibles, go to Matthew chapter 5, and I'm finished or finishing. My favorite part of a sermon is finishing. Hey, folks, dessert's always better than the meal, and I like for it to last as long as a meal, don't you? Matthew 5, verse number 6. Matthew chapter 5, verse number 6. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Hezekiah, God's been mighty good to you, and you're proud of what you have, If you hadn't stopped in your pride and bragging to others about what you had and kept faith in God and kept a hunger for God, he may have given you more than 15 years. He may have given you longer in freedom in Judah. He may have blessed you with even more if you just keep trusting in him. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. The word filled means satisfied. One other passage, and I'm finished, Psalm number 37. Psalm number 37. Psalm 37 and go to verse number 4. Psalm 37 and verse number 4. Psalm 37, 4, the Bible says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord, Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light, and thy judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord. doesn't say rest in the blessings of the Lord. It says rest in the Lord of the blessings. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. And he tells us to have faith in God. One of life's greatest trials is not the trial of sickness. I know what to do when sickness comes. I know what to do when tragedy comes. I know what to do when opposition comes. I know what to do. I go to God in prayer. I don't, I don't know what to do when the banker says, I'm sorry, because of COVID, we, we can't 
continue the loan, you'll have to stop construction. I know what it is. I, I know exactly what to do. I went to God and said, God, this is what they said. What do you say? I know what to do in those times. But what about when everything is good? I still need him. And that's the purpose of the message this morning. In times of goodness, I still need God. Stand with me, if you will, and finish preaching. If you're here today and you did not know Christ as your Savior, I plead with you, and more importantly than that, the Holy Spirit speaks to your heart and says you need to put your faith and trust in Christ to be born again. Salvation is by grace through faith in Christ. It's not of ourselves. It's a gift. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. If you're here this morning and you're facing difficulty in your life because you've forgotten God, Perhaps this message will bring you back to the place that you hunger again for the presence of God. There is no problem that together going to this book in prayer and trusting God won't fix. Heavenly Father, we need you today. Lord, I fear, I fear in times of blessings and prosperity, I fear forgetting you. Sometimes we do better in trials than we do in prosperity. Lord, may we continue to hunger for your presence and your blessings. Lord, it would be easy with the building filled week after week after week just to be proud of what's happened. But Lord, it's not about what we have or could do. It's what you are doing. And Lord, may our hunger stay in you. Bless our invitation in Jesus' name. Amen. As he sings on the invitation song this morning, the altar is open. I invite you to use it.